What's up, everybody? The Cream Exchange is back. In this episode, I'm going to be reviewing our previous buy lows and sell highs, and then talking about eight new players and their current fantasy values. Can we use this to our advantage? You bet your sweet bippy we can. Let's get to biz. This is Apples and Genos. You are listening to Cream of the Crop. Presented by Apples and Genos. I'm your host, Blake Creamer. Please head on over to Twitter slash X and give me a follow at Blake Creamer AG. As well, Apples and Genos has a Discord. We are in there doing stuff. All right, we're talking fantasy. There's lots of people in there. We're almost at a thousand members. So you got to get your biscuits in there. Uh, our For whoever is our member 1000, I'm going to make a special prize for you, a free oven mitt. All right. So, yeah, just just uh, screenshot that if you're a member 1000 and you're getting an Apples and Geno's oven mitt. Book it. All right. We're doing that. And uh, if you could please head over to YouTube, give us a follow there, a sub- subscribe on our videos. We do that. We're doing stuff over on YouTube. So definitely check that out. Thank you so much for joining me, everyone. Um, it's Really nice to be back here uh, with the Cream Exchange. I have changed up the format a little bit. I'm trying to do uh, the Cream Exchange, which is our buy low and sell high show, every two weeks so that I have a little bit more data to go off of uh, for these these players. So, uh, yeah, this will be our first go around with that. And then every second week, I'm going to be bringing you some different content. I've got some awesome interviews lined up for this week and next. So I'm going to be bringing you some fantasy legends. And I do have to say... You got to get your biscuits over to Spotify again and check out the episode I did with Kevin Woodley on goalies. All right. I've noticed it's not getting as much play as some of the other ones. And I think it's because I released it on a Friday, right? And going into the weekend, people don't want to think about fantasy hockey and listen to fantasy hockey podcasts. They want to spend time with their families. All right. And that makes total sense. But I don't want you to miss out. There's some real gems in there. Uh, Talking to Kevin Woodley, he's such a beauty. And uh, yeah, just the information in that episode is great. So definitely flip back and and check that out. I think it'll be valuable for you moving forward. Okay. All right. But I don't want to waste any more time. I want to get into this. The Cream Exchange. Join me, won't you? All right, we are here and we got to review the players that we talked about a couple weeks ago. And we're going to start with our sell high review here. The first player I talked about last week as a sell high was Braden Shen of the St. Louis Blues. Yeah, Um, and I think I was right on this one because since the show, he's had five games and one goal. All right, Braden Shen, one goal in five games. So yeah, things have not... uh, Continued on the way they were, right? He was he was hot then. But yeah, let's let's look at the last five games here for Braden Shen. So, like I said, one goal in five games, just over 18 minutes, average time on ice, shots on goal per 60, uh, 235th in the league in the last five games. Individual Corsi for 346th in the entire league. That's that's putrid. All right. And then individual scoring chances for 268th. Damn. 
All right, so you know, like we said last week, this this guy's kind of fallen off a cliff, right? This this is was not something that was ever going to be sustainable, but yeah, it's it's fallen way off. He's still on power play one there in St. Louis, but. You know, he's centering the third line with uh, Verona, who I like, and Kasperi Kapanen. I mean, not exactly plum deployment at even strength. So he was really bolstered by a four-point game that he had when he was a sell-high when I talked about him there. But I think the sell-high window has been slammed shut. He, he's back to streamer level to me. Um, and just remember the point of these sell-highs, right? Um, it's just to capitalize on the player's value in possible trades. And at the very least, it can just help us manage our expectations you know, when we're trying to value a player, right? Like you've got Braden Shen all, uh, going off the way he was. We we have to know that 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 wasn't going to continue, right? Like this guy was going crazy. So Braden Shen to me, back to the waiver wires, my man. This guy's a beefcake, no question there. I mean, you know, you could definitely roster him. I think he's, he's 44% owned on Yahoo. So it's a rosterable player, right? He's he's still on power play one, so he still has a bit of value. But I mean, we're we're back to the true value of Raiden Shen, and I mean, I don't think you can flip this guy for a bag of pucks at this point. So shout out to Braden Shen, shout out to pucks. I don't know where I'm going with that. Second player we gotta talk about is was it was that Duchesne? It, oh God, I think we determined that it was, but I'm now I'm not sure again. Anyways, I'm talking about Matt Duchesne since the 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 sell high buy low show we did where we talked about him. He's had three points in four games, all assists. Um, Deshane still has value here as a sell high, but his metrics have dropped way off, uh, you know, significantly really like last time we talked on this man, uh, we were talking about a player that had eight points in four games. His underlying stats were ridiculous. Like uh, at that point, his shots on goal per 60 were 56th in the league uh, in those four or five games. Individual Corsi 4 was 51st. Individual scoring chances 4 were 42nd. And his on-ice numbers were stupid. Uh, 21st in Corsi 4 and 5th overall in scoring chances 4. That just says to me that his line was was really cooking. Well, now let's take a look at what this man has been able to do, and this show ain't no good. Like he's still, he's still doing stuff, right? Um, but it, but the metrics aren't the same. So in the last five games, Matt Duchesne has four assists, so that's nice. Just under 17 minutes average time on ice, but shots to goal per 60, 243rd. Individual Corsi four now 182nd, and individual scoring chances for 219th. Right. So this is closer to the level that we can expect from Duchesne. He's still putting numbers on the board. Right. So there's there's some value there. Right. Um, but I just we cannot expect this moving forward. Uh, um, I, I honestly don't believe that this is the player that Matt Duchesne is. And he's not getting a sniff on that power play one. So that again, that's really going to cap his value. He's on a heater right now. So certainly worth rostering when Dallas has a good schedule. But I'm just I'm not really high on this guy. Like to me, this is the time to get off of Duchesne. I don't see him being able to continue this pace moving forward. He's just, he's still a player that doesn't shoot a ton, right? I mean, in his last three games, he had one shot on goal in each of those games, right? That's not going to cut it, my man. Um, time on ice is still a bit of an issue for a player that is currently pacing for 73 points, right? He's, he's averaging 1644 on the season. I'd be looking to trade Duchesne for a player who gets more deployment and opportunity. Like, think about a player like uh, Sam Bennett in Florida. Or, you know, I think that's a player that has a path to some decent points um, that are more sustainable, right? Plus, he brings value in category leagues as well, where Duchesne doesn't really do that. I mean, what about a player like Quentin Byfield as well? 
would someone make that trade? Byfield for Duchesne? Like, I'd, I'd do that in a heartbeat, right? You got to throw some offers out there. Um, you're not going to be able to aim too high with Duchesne just because of his deployment. But something I like to do is when I'm doing trades, I just like to chip away, right? You don't have to get some massive fleecing of another fantasy manager. If you get a little bit better with each transaction, those add up at the end of the year, right? So if you can, if you pick Duchesne up off of waivers and you trade him for a player like Sam Bennett, you know, like that to me is getting a little bit better, right? You're, you're, you're put just putting things in your corner, right? And that's what we need to do in fantasy. So um, yeah, I think we can do that with Duchesne. I'm, I'm not uh, super stoked on this man. So see what we can do. Okay. Let's move on. We got to talk about mom spaghetti. Cole Perfetti. Mom spaghetti. Um, since the show, let's take a look at what Perfetti has been able to do. Five games. He's got uh, a goal and two assists in those games. Um, 15 and a half minutes, average time on ice in the last five games. Shots and goal per 60, 195th. 323rd in individual Corsi, four per 60. That show ain't no good. And then 304th in individual scoring chances for? Dear God, buddy, no. Um, so yeah, and then on the season, like this guy's got 17 points in 21 games. That's nice. That's a 66-point pace. But, I mean, the, the metrics on the season are a little bit better than what he's done the last five games, but... Yeah, um, I think this guy's still a sell high, right? Even with the three points in five games, like under the hood, I'm just not seeing what I need to see for this to be sustainable for Cole Perfetti. On the season, he's shooting 16.7%, which is somewhat high, but in the last five games, he's shooting 20%, right? Which to me has no chance of sticking. And this is just classic stuff uh, as a sell high player. This guy doesn't really shoot or generate a lot of offense. He's converting at a high level. The minutes aren't really there for this player. Like his average time on ice for the season is 14.08. Right now he does have first power play. And, and that's kind of the sneaky bit that I think can hold his value and potential trades. Like that's sort of something you could mention to like a potential trading partner. But to me, this is a, this guy is very similar to Duchesne. Um, I would look at getting off this player soon. Because think about what's going on in Winnipeg there too. I think uh, Gabe Velarde is probably going to return on Thursday and I think that's going to eat into Perfetti's power play time at the very least. And right now, Perfetti is pacing for 70 points. Perfetti! What the? Oh, my God, no. Um, that's not going to be the case in a couple weeks. Book it, I think, now is a perfect time to get off Cole Perfetti. This is a good player, though. Like, I'm, you know, I'm not saying he's, he's a junk player, nothing like that. But his value is currently higher than it probably will be at the end of the season. Let's move on. We got to talk about Shammy. It's called Sex Panther. Sammy Reinhardt Jr. Jr. Um, the Sex Panther. Yeah. He's he's doing the thing, right? He's, well, most of the time, yeah. I mean, although he only had one assist in the four games prior to getting two goals on Monday night and then, you know, here on Tuesday night, uh, which I'm recording now, he didn't do anything in the game tonight against Toronto. So I still think that this guy's value is sky high, but... Remember, it's not a player that you need to get off of. Like, I think Reinhardt has turned a corner a little bit. Like, he's shooting more and he's converting more. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. So, um, you know, I think that because his value is so high, you might be able to parlay this performance into kind of getting an underachieving first or second rounder. And that's that's huge, right? Um, I'm a big fan of Reinhardt, but his efficiency is not sustainable. It's going to come down. 
He's shooting 27.3% on the season. What the hell? No. Um, he usually has a high conversion rate, but not that high. The funny thing is with Reinhardt, actually, when I'm digging in here, his on-ice shooting percentage has been quite low over the last four games at 7.6%. So that actually has room to grow by a few percentage points. Um, his line mates haven't been converting, right? He plays with Barkov and Evan Rodriguez. They both have zero goals between them in the last five games. That's going to get better, right? So you could probably expect Reinhardt to pot a few more points. So again, I am high on this player. I'm not trading him for pennies on the dollar. Make sure you get full value if you're going to move on from Reinhardt. But again, I'm just bringing him up because I think his value is that of like a first or second rounder. You might be able to snake somebody um, like an underachieving player, even Kaprasov, right? We talked about Kaprasov. I'll talk about him again here. But would someone trade Reinhardt for Kaprasov? I mean, you got to do that. You got to think about that at the very least, right? So see what you can do, but make sure you get full value if you are going to move off Sammy. And if you aren't, I think this is a player that definitely point per game this season. I think that's well within the realm of possibilities with maybe a ceiling of, of higher, right? Like if he can somehow continue this heater that he's been on since the start of the season, bang. I mean, we could maybe have a 90 point Sam Reinhardt. I didn't expect that. All right. But uh, that might be possible. So anyways, shout out to Sammy Reinhardt. Now let's look at our buy low review of the players we talked about before. We got to start off with Kirill Kaprasov, who I just talked about and Matt Boldy. Um, both players to me are still by lows, but let's look at what they've been able to do over the last five games. I'll start with Kaprasov in the last five for him. He's got one goal and two assists for three points. Uh, his deployment is great. He's averaging over 21 minutes. That's excellent. But yeah, the metrics have kind of fallen off a little bit. Um, in the last five games, 142nd in shots and goal per 60, 101st in individual course C4 per 60 and 135th in individual scoring chances for the on-ice numbers are better. He's 40, uh, 40th in Corsi 4 per 60 and 40th in scoring chances 4 per 60. So that's nice. But the IPP is down. He's, his IPP is at 43% over the last five. That's no good. Shooting percentage down 7.1. Like nothing's really going right for the Minnesota Wilds offense currently. And I'll, that is definitely echoed in Matt Boldy's statistics here. So I'll get into his right now. In the last five games, he's got one goal, buddy. Oh my God. One goal in the last five games, MB, say it ain't so, my man. You're really hurting our feelings, all right? That's, you know, we don't like that. But, um, you know, the metrics for Boldy are a little better than Kaprasov, right? He's, um, the deployment's worse, so he's playing under 17 minutes, which I don't like. But shots of goal per 60, 41st in the last five games, 7th overall in individual course, 4 per 60, 2nd overall in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. That's Matt Boldy. So again, the shooting percentage is down, IPP way down, on-ice shooting percentage way the hell down at 6% over the last five games. Damn. Um, nothing's going right for the Minnesota Wilds offense currently. And to top it off, they fired Dean Evison. So, um, you know, the firing there, that muddies the waters a little bit. Um, you know, I thought these were both slam dunk by lows last time I spoke on them. And I still think they are, but it definitely, you know, it's a little bit confusing, right? We got we to gotta kind of see how everybody's going to be deployed. And I probably should go into just like John Hines, who's the new coach of the Minnesota Wild. They did win tonight 3-1. But let's look at some of the deployment here. And I want to do that 
Kaprasov played 19 minutes and 38 seconds, uh, had a reasonable game. I mean, two shots on goal, was plus one, had a block. That's fine. Um, but what was a little bit concerning is Matt Boldy only played 12 minutes and 56 seconds. He did get a goal, which is nice. Four shots on goal as well, so that's nice. But what the hell was with that deployment? I don't know. That's something we're going to have to keep an eye on there with Matt Boldy. Um, I didn't watch the game, so I'm not sure where the discrepancy is there. He did have four penalty minutes in the game, so I don't know. Take that for what it's worth. But we need to see a little bit of... I want to see some consistency there. I I still am putting out some feelers for Matt Boldy. And especially after this, you know, 12-minute game or whatever the hell he played, like, people are probably getting a little squirrely. So there's an opportunity there. John Hines, the new coach there, he's been known to sort of spread the ice time around a little bit, um, you know, when he was with Nashville. Like, guys aren't getting the 21-minute the treatment like Cap used to get, right? So we might he might be getting less than that moving forward. He's And John Hines, too, he's also known as a bit of a defensive coach, right? So that could be the new reality in mini, right? Lower deployment for these guys. And who the hell knows how Boldy's going to be deployed? I tend to think that both players are going to be fine. And there is a chance that Minnesota gets that new coach bump, all right? That new coach smell. They've got it there in mini. They won their first game, so that's nice. They might put together a nice stretch here. But I still think both these players are by lows. And with the new coaching change there, I think Boldy especially could be gotten maybe for cheap. So I don't know. I'm still confident in it, but yeah, I'm not as confident as I was. So take that for what it's worth. Let's move on. The next player we talked about was Cole Caulfield. Since the show, he's had two points in four games. He's still in by low territory. That window's wide open, and you should absolutely be trying to acquire Caulfield. Let's take a look at what Caulfield's been able to do this year. First off, in the last five games, Cole Caulfield, he's popped for three points in five games. Decent numbers across the board. 43rd in shots and goal per 60. 43rd in individual Corsi 4 per 60. Um, 157th in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. That's a little strange, but... You know, shooting percentage is way down and on-ice shooting percentage is way down. So um, on the season, this guy's got 17 points in 21 games. And the, the season numbers look a lot better for, for Cole Caulfield. Um, on the season, he's 12th overall in the league in shots and goal per 60 at all strengths. He's 9th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60. And he's 51st overall in individual scoring chances for. So those season-long numbers read a lot better for Cole Caulfield. Again, looking at his shooting percentage and his on-ice shooting percentage, they're both at career low numbers, but he's shooting at a career high rate, right? So he's also been great on the power play. He has eight points there already. He's averaging a career high in ice time as well. You get the idea, right? He and his line have been un- unlucky so far. He's been Recently, he's been playing with uh, Yurov Slavkovsky and Christian Dvorak, but I could see him returning to the top line soon with Nick Suzuki. I just think with the metrics that Caulfield has and the way he's been underperforming, it's just a matter of time before he starts popping off. I like what I've seen, and I think he makes a great trade target. Go get yourself some Cole Caulfield. The next player we talked about, Rasmus Dahlin. I'm very happy with this. Uh, He got the buy low bump. There's no question. Um, I'm glad to see it too, as this was a player that I was high on going into this season. Um, since Since the show... The Sabres have had six games, and this man's had seven points in six games after he had two in the previous seven. So I don't think you're not going to be able to get this man at value anymore. He's back up to a 67-point pace right now, and he's doing that on 
to me, pretty sustainable numbers. And that's without him shooting at the rate he did last season. So I think there's still a little bit of headroom for Rasmus Dahlin. I think he's going to be fine this season. That buy low is no more. Um, hopefully, you know, maybe some of you tried uh, to get Dahlin while he was kind of in the valley there. But let's move on. We got to talk about Mika Zibanejad, DJ Zibby. All right. Is he is Mika back? I don't know. Um, not quite, but there are some signs of life. Since the show that we did, um, he's made his mark for sure. Five points in six games. He's off the schneid and hopefully more to come. His shooting percentage is still pretty low on the season at 9.4%, but in the last five games, he's come back to life shooting over 27%, right? So the production is nice and much needed, but I think he's still considered a buy low to me, and you might be able to snake him from a sleeping fantasy manager. This guy has 90-point upside, and there's still a lot of season left. I expect Zibby to keep trending in the right direction, but you know the numbers still aren't where I want to see them. Like if we look at uh, what he's been able to do here, let's look in the last five games. He does have five points in the last five games, so that's nice. Three goals and two assists, averaging over 20 minutes time on ice in the last five, which is excellent, but 209th in shots and goal per 60, that's showing no good. 220th in individual Corsi 4, get that garbage out of here, and 242nd in individual scoring chances for per 60. That Those are just not numbers that we're used to seeing from this player, right? So... Um, you know, he's trying to figure it all out. This, I Like I said uh, a little while ago, this he is a streaky player. Um, and he has peaks and valleys in his season, right? But I think, I, I think things are starting to trend um, upwards here. His line mate, Capo Caco, is now out with an injury. Um, you know, so he's currently skating with Blake Wheeler and Chris Kreider. And so far, he's had a bit more success with Wheeler than Kako, right? Um, offensively, at least. And that's what we care about in fantasy. Also, hopefully, the return of Adam Fox can help Mika Zibanejad on the power play where he hasn't been converting to the elite level that he's known for. So, um, you know, I, I think he's still in by low territory. Like, if you look at his season numbers, right? Only 15 points in 20 games. That's a 62-point pace. Shooting percentage is 94 when he's uh, a career 13.2 shooter, right? So I, I think there's all things are pointing upwards for Mika Zibanejad, and I think he's going to figure it out. Definitely still a buy low, so go throw some trades out there. Now let's get to the business at hand. We got to talk about the new sell highs and the new buy lows. Starting with the sell highs, let's start with Buffalo Sabres' Casey Middlestad. Casey Middlestad's uh, been having a, a nice little season here, especially in a contract year. That's really nice to see. Good for him. Um, let's take a look first at uh, the last five games for Casey Middlestad. Um, the thing that really stands out is his ice time. He's averaging almost 20 and a half minutes average time on ice. So that's crazy. That's that's not something that we expect really for Casey Middlestad. He, last five games, one goal, six assists for seven points. That's really nice, but... You know, that's kind of where the niceness ends. I mean, shots and goal per 60, 326 in the league. Individual Corsi, 4 per 60, 353rd. Individual scoring chances, 4 per 60, 349th. These numbers are shocking, right? Nate is, you know, he's... He, Nate would just hate this. He would he would talk some yang on this man. I mean, this is this is not what you want to see from a player that you're you're wanting offensive production from, right? That said, he's producing. So that's great. But that's kind of on the back of... Uh, pretty high shooting percentage at 
in those five games. And then the on ice shooting percentage is 18% over those five games. So his line mates are really converting because clearly Casey Middlestad is not right. And then on the season, Casey Middlestad has 20 points in 22 games. That's a 75 point pace. Um, and the numbers are even worse though. <laughs> He's in the 400 rank for shots to go per 60, Corsi four per 60 and scoring chances for like, it's, you know, it doesn't make a bit of sense really. Like, Casey Middlestad has been the major beneficiary of the Tage Thompson injury, in my opinion. He's been getting Buku deployment, averaging over 20 minutes in the last five games, as I said. Right now, he's top line, top power play as well. So it's it's just those underlying numbers, right? They don't tell the same story as what we're looking for here. So he's not generating chances or shots, right? And we've talked about this before. What happens if, if uh, you know, his teammates stop producing the way they are, converting the way they are, right? Because... Um, Middlestad is not really scoring at all, right? That his production is going to fall off a cliff. This guy's he's a good playmaker and his line mates are converting, which we said. I just think that you can point to his point pace, which is 75 and deployment on the season and use that to leverage a more dangerous offensive player, right? Um, Buffalo as a team at five on five, they're actually sixth worst in the league in Corsi four per 60 on the season. They're fourth worst in scoring chances four per 60, Yet they have the seventh best shooting percentage. Again, this is five on five. So that screams regression to me for all of their players. And I think Middlestad is going to feel that, you know, probably the most when that happens. But right now he does have value, right? He has a lot of value. So um, see if you can package him up with another player to get someone more reliable. That's just, that's my thoughts there. Like Middlestad is, he's only rostered at like 17% on Yahoo, which is pretty low for a guy getting this, these kind of minutes and this deployment, right? Um, so I don't know. Um, to me, Middlestat has a lot of value. See what you can do. The next player I want to talk about of the Carolina Hurricanes, Seth Jarvis. The Jarvis train is still rolling. Yeah. There's no question that uh, this guy's cooking for sure. Um, if you look at what he's been able to do this season, I mean, 18 points in 21 games for a 70-point pace. That's really nice. Um, in the last five, he's got eight points. So four goals and four assists for eight points in the last five games. Um, but again, the metrics don't really tell the story here. So shots and goal per 60 for Seth, 278th in the league, 177th in individual Corsi 4 per 60 over the last five. Um, he is 83rd in individual scoring chances 4 per 60, but yeah, this this is not sustainable, right? His IPP in the last five games, 89%. That's ridiculous. That That's going to drop. And his shooting percentage is even more. It's 50%, but that, that's crazy, right? So um, his line is cooking. He's scoring at a pretty elite rate, right? Especially in the last five games. He's just popping off. Um, and I think he there's a lot of things that you can point to that that give him value, right? He's power play one. He's line one currently. And, and that doesn't look like it's going to be changing anytime soon. Um, it, it's weird to me. Seth Jarvis is 64% owned on Yahoo. I think he should definitely be owned more than that. But he's not this player, right? He's he's on a 70-point pace. No. Right? That's, to me, that's absolute ceiling for Jarvis. You look at his IPP, his shooting percentage, and his on-ice shooting percentage over the past five games. They're sky high, as I mentioned. Nothing close to sustainable. It's the same story on the season, right? Plus, I just don't trust that um, RBA, Rod Brindamore, is, is going to keep this guy's deployment the way it is, right? Um, you've got a guy like Martin Natchez plugging away on power play two after he was their highest power play performer last season. 
you know, I feel like this is a good time, uh, as good a time as any to get off Jarvis. Um, before this heater that he's on as well, currently in the last five games, he only had one assist in the previous seven. So it's it's feast or famine with Seth Jarvis. And when the production falls off, it pretty much drops off a dang cliff. So Jarvis, to me, is one of the few Hurricanes that's actually overperforming with the shooting percentage expected to regress. That said, there's no urgency to get rid of this player, right? Um, he's top line, top power play. You, you can't argue with that, right? But he's not a 70-point player yet. Um, and funny, uh, when I dug into my own projections, I had uh, Casey Middlestat and Seth Jarvis both projected for the exact same point total, 59 points. And I think that's still reasonable for both. That's how I'm valuing both these players moving forward. Now let's move over to the Boston Bruins and talk about Charlie Coyle. The Coiler, Charlie Coyle. That sounds terrible. Um, there's not too much to say here. Last five games, four goals and one assist. I mean, pretty good numbers here. Shots and goal per 60, 42nd overall, 86 overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 32nd overall in individual scoring chances for per 60. You know, but his shooting percentage in the last five games, 25%. That's not real. IPP, 83%. That's not real. Um, and then you look at what he's been able to do on the season, 19 points in 21 games for a 74-point pace. That's not real. Dear God, no. If you look at the last five games, the metrics I just mentioned, and then compare them to what he's been able to do on the season, it's much different, right? Like, you know, on the season, his shots and goal per 60 rate is 235th. Individual course he bore 306th, and individual scoring chances for 255th. So nothing close to what he was able to do. And again, his shots, his shot percentage, his IPP, his on-ice shooting percentage, all redlining. There's no chance of that holding, right? So he's just hot. He's hot right now, and he deserves to be rostered this week with Boston's good schedule. But don't expect this moving forward, right? He's on a 74-point pace, what we said. His previous career high, 56. I think 56 is, is an absolute ceiling for this player. Um, this is a guy that's over-rostered to me uh, as well at 41%. When you got guys like Casey Middlestad out there rostered at 17%, who to me have a much clearer path to points. Um, you know, the Bruins have been great this year, and it's really hard to bet against them. But for fantasy purposes, I'm not buying what Co Coyle has been able to do offensively. My Aunt Fanny. No. All right. 83% IPP on the season. That's McDavid stuff right there. All right. Um, you know, he's never come close to these kind of numbers before. So he's not all of a sudden a different player at age 31. Expect the big drop off. It'll probably come quick. Giggity. Um, you know, after this week, he's probably a drop, right? So maybe see if someone believes this production, believes in this production and the player, and maybe you can swap him out for kind of a top sixer who maybe has some, a history of doing this before, right? But uh, yeah, I don't have too much more to say on Charlie Coyle. He's an overachiever. Congratulations, my man. All right, let's move on to our last sell high. We got to talk about the ghost bear, Shane Goss's bear. What been a pretty nice season for this player. I mean, he's got some reasonable numbers on the season as well. Like if you look at the last five here, what Goss's bear has been able to do, nine points in the last five games, two goals and seven assists. Um, among defensemen in the last five games, he's 41st overall in shots and goal per 60, 19th overall in individual Corsi 4 per 60, and 12th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60. And then the on-ice numbers are pretty good as well, 37th in Corsi 4 per 60, and 10th overall in scoring chances 4 per 60. 
Um, one thing to remember as well is these numbers are bolstered by a massive four-point night that he had against the Wild. It was a great night for him. My main issue with Gostas Bear is deployment and the inconsistency so far this year. If you look at you know his time on ice in like the game logs here, 10 of his 19 games so far, he's played less than 20 minutes and less than 16 minutes in four of those games, right? That's too volatile for me to really be in on this player. You know, that said, I believe he has established himself on power play one there in Detroit. I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, and now he's going to have another weapon to pass to in Patrick Kane. Wow, that's a massive news there. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Patrick. I just think that Goss's Bear, he's a power play specialist for sure. All his value is really in that power play. And that's great until that power play goes into a bit of a funk, right? Like, the Detroit Red Wings are not the Edmonton Oilers of last year, right? I mean, they're, they're overachieving a bit here on the power play. They're currently eighth in the league uh, in conversion. I think that's a little high for this team. Gostas Bear, to me, is a fourth or fifth defenseman at best on your team, on your fantasy squad. And he's currently playing like a number one or two, right? So could you throw out Gostas Bear like a trade for a guy like Miro Heiskanen? Oh, God. I mean... You know, obviously he's been struggling a little bit offensively this year. That that might be a stretch. What about Brandon Montour in Florida, right? Before he starts popping off, would someone trade Gostas Bear for Montour? Like that would be a win to me for the Montour side, right? So see what you can do. I think Gostas Bear has peak value right now. It's going to be an up and down season. He's going to have stretches like this, and then he's going to have stretches where he's not doing anything at all. So. Um, I just, I don't like players like that. I need a little bit more safety. I need a little bit more consistency. Let's move on and talk about our buy lows. First player we got to talk about, Andre Svechnikov. Yes, um, Big Svech was out last night uh, with an illness, but before that, Svech was doing all right. Um, you know, in the previous four games, Svech had five points, one goal and four assists. The ice time was a little concerning, just under 16 minutes. Shots on goal per 60, 90th in the league, uh, 14th overall in individual Corsi, 4 per 60, 99th overall in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. Um, team numbers a lot better, though. On ice, uh, Corsi, 4 per 60, 9th overall, and then 58th overall in scoring chances, 4 per 60. So he's had a decent stretch over the last little bit here, but I think those people that drafted him might be getting a little impatient, um, especially with the limited ice time that he's received so far and the sparse power play one deployment. He's still working his way back into game shape, really. Like he had, you know, knee surgery, uh, major rehab, like, you know. But th this ice time is frustrating, right? Like, uh, also, you look at his shots of goal per 60, his shooting percentage, his chance generation at 5-on-5. Five five, they are at or near career low numbers. And he's also shooting 3.4% on the year. Oh, God. I mean, that's not going to stay that way, right? The good news is last game he played, he found his way onto the top power play unit. And while he didn't get any points there, he did pop for a goal and assist against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, again, still in just over 15 minutes. Thank you, Rod Brindamore. Um, RBA has been a thorn in fantasy manager's sides for a long time. And it is within the realm of possibilities that he relegates Sveshnikov back to power play too. But I just don't think that is in their plans. This guy was getting the minutes last season before he got injured. Um, he was averaging over 18 minutes. I think he'll get there again, and he just brings so much to the table, right? This, to me, is a 70-point player who hits and blocks like the beefer he is. 
Um, his shot and chance numbers historically have been excellent. Like if you look at what he's been able to do, just just that five on five, um, you know, the last two seasons before this one, uh, shots and goal per 60, 9.37 and then 9.51 last year. And this season he's cooking at 8.08 which is low, right? That's the second lowest number of his entire career. And individual scoring chances for last two seasons, he's cooked at 9.78 both seasons. This year, his scoring chances for per 60, 6.61, right? So I think he's got room to grow there. He's only 23, and I fully expect him to regress back to the mean, right? He's had a serious injury, and he's working his way back from it. Go kick tires. See what you can do. Um, I'd be happy to have Sveshnikov on my team, and I think... Um, that again, this is a low point for him because of, of some of the deployment and the things I mentioned there. Okay. Go check out Svetch. Let's move on. Let's talk about Jordan Cairo of the St. Louis Blues. After 72 point season last year, things haven't really gone to plan for Cairo so far this season. Um, he's only on a 51 point pace and that show ain't no good for Cairo owners. Look at the last five games. Let's take a look there. Um, he does have four assists in the last five, so that's nice. He's, he's putting some points on the board, but deployment is is not great. He's getting under 17 minutes time on ice, and that's not awesome. But the metrics, um, that, that's where Kyrie really holds his value, right? Um, 45th overall in shots to goal per 60 in the last five games. Ninth overall in individual uh, Corsi 4 per 60. 14th overall in individual scoring chances 4. And 64th uh, overall in Corsi 4 per 60. So yeah, he's, he's just not converting. Right now he finds himself in the middle 6 on the Blues and on power play 2. He was swapped out for that shiny new toy, Jake Neighbors. Um, and his numbers reflect that, right? His shooting percentage is in the toilet. It's at 5.6%. Damn, no. Um, we already talked about his point pace. But like I said, what hasn't changed is that Kairou is a shots monster. At 5-on-5, five five, he's currently rocking over 12 shots on goal per 60, which that's a career-high number for him. And his chance generation and Corsi 4 are also near career-high levels. That's what we want to see. He's doing everything right under the hood. He's just been unlucky, and his deployment has been inconsistent. I believe that he's going to make his way back onto the top power play unit. And in the meantime, he, at least he is producing, right? Four assists in the last five. I'd be throwing out some offers for this man. I don't think it would take a lot to pry him away from his owners at this point. Like this guy just had a game the other night where he played under 14 minutes, right? And that's that, that'll get you thinking if, if that's a, a player that you've got and you picked them like fairly, you know, probably in the top 100, you, you picked Jordan Cairo, right? But that um, under 14-minute game, that's, an, that's the outlier to me, not the norm. Um, but his owners are probably, you know, they're probably pissed. They're probably wanting to cut their losses there. And I know in St. Louis that Buchnevich and Thomas have been flying, but I have more confidence in Cairo for me. Uh, he's the player I would choose there. I mean, he, you know, obviously Buch is the one who's, who's really flying right now, but he does that on crazy high efficiency. Whereas Cairo, he gets his production from shots and chances right he just needs the chance he needs that consistent deployment i do think he's going to get it again the shooting percentage is going to come back and so will the on ice shooting percentage which has been poor at just over eight percent on the season right but that sort of, that to me reflects more of his line mates than it does him right if he gets moved back to the top line that on ice shooting percentage should go up right makes sense i just think the blues have too much invested in jordan kairu to let him toil away on line three power play two all right so get in on the ground floor for this man i i think you know he's gonna start popping and quick 
Last two players on the buy low here. I got to talk about the woodchuck, Brady Kachuk. You know, we know what Brady brings to the table, and I'm, I'm definitely talking about points leagues here when calling him a buy low. Okay, uh, you know, and he's not a typical buy low either. I, I just, I want to bring your attention uh, to your attention that this man can do a lot more, and I think that, you know, he's kind of bubbling underneath the surface, percolating, ready to pop. I mean, obviously in category leagues, this man is elite, whether he's scoring or not. But to me, he's a bit of a buy low on the season because the output doesn't match what the metrics say. You know, and we can dive, let's dive in here. So Brady Kachuk, he's never been a particularly efficient shooter, but in the last five games, his shooting percentage has dropped big time. So let's take a look at what the Woodchuck's getting up to here. Last five games, uh, you know, Brady Kachuk does have two goals, two assists for four points. Great deployment at, uh, you know, 20 and a half minutes, basically. But in the last five games, he's number one overall in the entire league in shots and goal per 60. He's third overall in the individual Corsi four per 60. He's number one in the entire league in individual scoring chances four per 60. Damn. Uh, but unfortunately, he's only shooting 5.9% in the last five games. So if you move that over to the season... Um, he's got 15 points in 17 games, and that includes 10 goals, so that's nice. But that's a 72-point pace there for Brady Kachuk. And I just think this is a player that has a lot more to give. Like I said, 72-point pace, and, and that would be fine, right? But I think that Brady Kachuk can pop for 90 if everything goes right, if he starts converting at a level that, that makes sense with the chances that he's getting. Ottawa, um, they've also played the least amount of games in the entire league at 17. That's kind of an interesting piece as well. Like th there's lots of time for them to turn this around. Um, they have the personnel to do that. And I trust what this man brings to the table, um, which is basically absolutely elite shot and chance generation and a massive amount of power play time. Um, Ottawa, uh, fun fact, they lead the league again in actual power play minutes, like time on the power play. They led the league last season and they're leading it again this season. So obviously... They're pretty good at uh, drawing some penalties there. So Brady will get every opportunity to produce. And why I'm bringing this player up too is I think the perception of what Brady Kachuk brings to the table in fantasy is lower than what he's actually bringing. And managers that spent a high draft pick on him might be getting a little bit impatient, especially with Ottawa's play. Um, the fact that they haven't played that much, right? Like I said, 17 games, that's the lowest in the entire league, right? And, and just the overall vibe around the team, right? There's lots of talk about DJ Smith getting canned, um, which would be interesting for Brady Kachuk, right? That would kind of throw everybody's fantasy value in a little bit of a blender. But I think Kachuk is safe, right? He's the captain. He's going to be getting tons of minutes anyway and doing what he does. He's currently playing really well. And I think with a little luck, he could really be crushing. So see what you can do with Brady Kachuk. I don't know. It's a player that I just wanted to bring to your attention. And also, it goes really well with this next player here, Matthew Kachuk. All right. Um, I wanted to get the two Kachuk brothers in there because, well, first off, Matt Kachuk, he's the biggest buy low of the season so far. Damn. Um, this guy, he's just forgotten how to score goals. He doesn't know what he's doing out there. He's back-to-back 40-goal -back seasons for Matt Kachuk, plus 11 goals in 20 games in last year's playoffs. Now he has three goals in 22 games, and he's shooting a piddly 3.3%. It doesn't make a bit of sense, all right? But something has to give, and I really believe that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. He did just get Sam Bennett back on the on his line there, so he returned to the lineup. And Bennett's been cold himself since he's been back in, right? 
Carter Verhage, his other line mate, he only has two goals in his last seven games. So these guys are just cold, right? They're unlucky. They're cold. Luckily, the Panthers are not, right? Uh, Panthers as a team have been able to absorb this kind of subpar play by Matt Kachuk, um, which is just crazy to me. Like, Matt Kachuk is on a 67-point pace. That is not what I expected from this player. After 109 points last year, 104 the season before, I fully believe that 100 points is still in the wheelhouse for this player. But yeah, it's it, it's been a little bit of a rough go for, for Kachuk owners, that's for sure. But like, let's take a look at what, what this guy's bringing to the table in the last few games. So last five games, he's got one assist. Jeez. I mean, it's been painful. I've got him in a, a points league, like a kind of a money league that I play, and it's really been killing me because I took him with my first pick. And uh, yeah, it's it's been rough. But in the last five games, he's 19th overall in shots and goal per 60, 18th overall in individual core, uh, Corsi 4 per 60, 30th overall in individual scoring chances 4 per 60, and then the on-ice numbers are great. Corsi 4 per 60, 5th overall, and 20th overall in scoring chances 4 per 60. Bang! Love that. And then on the season, it's even better. The news is even better. Everything looks good except for his conversion. Damn. Um, on the season, shots on goal per 60 for Matt Kachuk, 10th overall in the entire league, 16th overall in individual Corsi, 4 per 60, 21st overall in individual scoring chances, 4 per 60. And then look what his line has been able to do basically without any conversion. He's number one in the entire league in Corsi 4 per 60, and he's fourth overall in scoring chances 4 per 60. So I really think that his, obviously, his shooting percentage, his on-ice shooting percentage, his IPP, those all have room to grow, major room to grow, and I want to be there when it happens, right? Like, he's doing all the right things. He's getting all the deployment. His line mates are good, right? Um, I'd be throwing out all kinds of trade offers for Matt Kachuk. Like, think about, what about a guy like Braden Point for Matt Kachuk? Or Panarin. Would would you trade Panarin for Matt Kachuk in, in, under these circumstances, right? Like, these are big trades. These, these will shake up your team. But I think the ceiling for Kachuk is higher than those players, in my opinion. And if, what about a bigger reach? What about, like, think about Philip Forsberg and a player uh, for Matt Kachuk. Or Brock Besser and a player. Like a two-for-one for Matty Kachuk. People might do that, right? And I think you need to exhaust all options because this, to me, is a low point for Matty Kachuk in the season. I'm a big fan of the player. I think he can still reach 100 points this season. I think it's going to happen and going to happen soon. Book it. Mark my words, damn it. Um, big fan of that player. All right. But that's it. That's what we got. That, that's, that's how we get from A to B. So... Um, I hope you got some value out of these buy lows and sell highs. I would love to know if anyone is, is making any trades for these players. Um, and yeah, just, and if you've been able to make any player trades from these buy low and sell high segments, like I'd love to hear that. Love to hear your thoughts on my picks. Love to hear your own thoughts on your picks. Um, you know, it's, this stuff is super interesting to me. Um, I have a, a problem with buy lows. I try and hoard them all and then just hope they all pop off. Um, yeah, my team is just a bunch of stay lows most of the time. So that's sort of where I'm at with that. But um, I feel really good about these buy lows here. And I think, uh, you know, you'll be able to get some value from them. Okay. But thank you so much for listening, everybody. I'm going to have an episode pop on Friday here as well. So stay tuned for that. And like I said, I got some guests ready to come in here give you all the fantasy goodness that you need, okay? We got to get those chips, and we want them now. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon. Celebrate your day. Bye for now.
A rational explanation is hardly necessary.